0: Ladies and gentlemen, now hosting the RizzoCast, put your
1: hands together for Steven Rizzotto! What's going on everybody and welcome. This is episode number 76 of RizzoCast. I'm Steven Rizzotto along with Jasper Lindsay. And we are on a new platform. For the first time ever, we are streaming live on the No Filter Network. It is the brainchild of Eric Burns and company. And we are super excited to have our show being streamed and available afterwards on the No Filter Network. Jasper, big week ahead of us here in baseball. What's going on with you? Dude, the
0: dog days are over, and I'm ready to watch some competitive baseball this September. I mean, this is when it's make or break, it's win or go home, and we're going to see who the real big dogs are in the MLB. I'm excited.
1: Yeah, no, I'm excited too, and I always think that September is a really exciting time. I used to really look forward to the September call-ups, but you know now it's only 28 guys, so you're going to yeah. see guys that like have been up before uh, and who are already on the 40-man roster that are going to be in the big leagues anyways. And that we've seen maybe you know a few months ago, and they just got sent back down due to injury. They're going to probably be up again. Teams are probably going to carry an extra catcher, so it's not exciting as it once was. But there are definitely some pennant races in the mix here that we're going to get to. Uh, Let's start right off here with some of the things happening right now in the National League, and you know I know the National League. It's it's really intriguing. I think we thought the American League you know, East, or the National League East, sorry, would be a lot better than it is. Well, you Um, did. I did. What did did you say at the beginning?
0: I mean, I thought it was going to be competitive. I thought they were going to beat up on each other, and it was going to be kind of a dogfight to see who gets out of that division, but uh, yeah, I mean, there have been a lot of disappointments, whether it's the Marlins, the Mets, I mean, Philadelphia has kind of gotten it together. They made some good moves at the deadline that put them in a position to at least eat coming into September, but uh, and then, of course, the Nationals just sold the entire franchise. So, I mean, it's definitely not the division we expected it to be coming into the season.
1: No, it's not. And I, I don't know what I expected out of the Mets, and we're going to get to them in just a second. But I, I think the Braves coming back and, you know, their infield has been the best infield in baseball since the All-Star break. You know, those guys play every single day. Riley and uh, Ozzie Albies and Dansby Swanson and Freeman – They've played so much this season. They've been durable, and it's been amazing to watch them uh, compete for sure. Um, but I think the biggest story in the National League, there's two big stories. Okay? We already know what the Central looks like. Probably the Milwaukee Brewers is going to run away with that. They have an eight-and-a-half-game lead. But the, the, the National League West is still undecided. The Giants, out of nowhere, still the best team uh, in baseball, have the most wins in baseball. The Dodgers are still two and a half games back. I mean, there's a series coming up this weekend between the two. The Giants also play the Brewers. This is probably the biggest week for both teams, to be honest.
0: Yeah, and this is exactly the type of test you want coming out of the gates in September, as I was talking about. I mean, the Giants, everyone's been like, oh, when are they going to fall? When are they going to fall off? And, I mean, if September where they fall off, I mean, that's going to be depressing, but... They're a good team. Their pitching's coming around at the right time. And, I mean, if they can stave off the Dodgers, who, I mean, someone could argue they're the second-best team in baseball, they have a chance to put some space between themselves and the National League West, and it's going to be fun to see. I mean, the Brewers series is going to be awesome. That's just great pitching going head-to-head.
1: Yeah, look, the Giants need to pitch. I mean, the Giants need to pitch. It was really concerning with Discalfani going down with an injury and coming out of the game. Uh, on Sunday afternoon in Atlanta, that was concerning. I think you're really putting a lot of pressure on Alex Wood now to be that third guy behind Kevin Gosman and Logan Webb, who by the way logan Webb has he has arrived one. he has arrived. he's legit, he's throwing everything for strikes, and when you do that with his movement, you're gonna get some wicked swings. He's getting them it's It's unbelievable what Logan Webb is doing at this point um and and he's definitely got either game one or game two he's got the ball i'm sorry he's got the ball
2: absolutely but, yeah
1: yeah what are you looking for in terms of like the dodgers what they need to do because i know their pitching's been spotty they lost bauer they lost kershaw walker bueller's kind of doing it his own julio urris has been good yeah. but they've had a lot of bullpen games what are you kind of looking for the dodgers as we enter September? i mean uh, september
0: I don't know. I mean, you said, what do they need to do? But it's like, what have they not done, right? They went out, got Scherzer. They went out, got Turner. I mean, they have a farm system full of guys that they can kind of bring up and kind of piece together, I guess, if they have, I don't know. I mean, they have some guys in the system who can maybe help them with this playoff run, but I think it comes down to the bullpen. I think Kenley Jansen has not been himself this season. And if they want to make a deep run in the playoffs, they have got to be lights out after that starter comes out of the game.
1: You know who we thought? Would challenge them and challenge the Giants, too, in the National League uh, West, the San Diego Padres, who have hit a rough stretch, a rough, rough stretch where they I think they lost. Tell me if I'm wrong. They lost a series in Colorado. Uh, I want to swept in Colorado. I mean, goodness gracious. They hit a wall against the Phillies. You know, they they I think they even lost three of four from Arizona. Um, it's been a rough stretch. They got swept by the Dodgers. It's been a rough, rough sweat. Uh, you know, really bad stretch of baseball for the San Diego Padres. Crazy to see. Man, I was thinking about this the other day, like
0: how classic San Diego Padres. He most noise in the off season just to collapse coming into August and September. That is such a San Diego move, man. It's not even funny. And when you're bringing Jake Arietta in to shore up your rotation, you know things are not going well.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I wondered for a long time, like, what they would look like in a one-game playoff. Like, what – obviously, matching up against you, Darvish, is not fun. But Darvish has been hurt. He's been hurt. Yeah. Um, I think, obviously, the Dodgers would have an upper hand in a wild-card game with Walker Buehler, who seemingly goes seven innings every outing. Um. The Giants have Logan Webb and Kevin Gosman, who are, you know, guys that could obviously fill that hole and pitch in a one game playoff. I think the consensus consensus right now is that Logan Webb is gonna be the guy right now in a one game playoff. I mean, is is he that established? But no, San Diego's San Diego's demise has really hurt them. Um the Cincinnati Reds, though. The Cincinnati Reds coming, they they've been kind of that Dark horse team since the beginning of the year. We knew that they had talent. We knew that their outfield was unbelievable. But here they come, you know, back back in the race, back, you know, trying to make some noise. And here they are with that second wild card spot, a game and a half up above the San Diego Padres. What have you seen from uh, our friends, the uh, the Cincinnati Reds?
0: Well, so here's my thing with the NL Central, right? You got the Brewers up
1: there. And my biggest
0: concern with them coming into the postseason is, yeah, the pitching staff is great, but can they hit? But with the Reds, it's the exact opposite. It's They're proven hitters all throughout that lineup. But when Wade Miley is your best pitcher, that scares me come one-game playoff. I mean, Tyler Malley, two guys like Wade Miley and Tyler Malley were clearly brought on this team to be like three, four, five guys. And now you got Luis Castillo, who struggled all season, Sonny Gray, who... He's pitched well, but it's, I, I don't see the consistency there. I think the big problem with Cincinnati coming down the stretch here is going to be pitching, and uh, if it doesn't hold up, I mean, their bullpen's great. They just got Michael Lorenzen back, which is awesome for them, but they can't pitch. I mean, they may be out of the wild card sooner rather than later.
1: Yeah, I don't I, I don't like them going into Dodger Stadium for the wild card game at all. Neither it's just I. a mismatch. Yeah. A lot of noise there. Wade Miley, I mean – that's just a really, really tough spot for them to, you know, to walk into. And it's, it, it's asking a lot. And I don't think the Dodgers yeah. expected themselves to play in the one game playoff at the beginning of the year. But here we are. And I'm sure Walker Bueller's is the guy that they're going to line up for that game. Yeah. Um, for I think sure. if they do get
0: Walker Bueller out there, though, and it becomes a shootout, I think the Reds could maybe match the Dodgers offensively. But as I said, I mean, I just I don't see them having the pitching to win a one game wild card.
1: Yeah, and, and as Steven in our audience right now on No Filter Network said, the Padres did let go of their pitching coach last week. So, you know, Larry Rothschild was released. Uh, I know the Pirates just, you know, dumped their hitting coach. Two completely different teams making the same sort of move. I mean, I, I feel like yeah. that's telling. Like the Padres, obviously a contender. In, a August, in, in August, too. In August. Is that cold-blooded, though? Is that cold-blooded just a little bit? It's cold-blooded,
0: but at the end of the day, this is professional baseball, right? If you're not getting the job done and you're not developing the talent you have – and by the way, the Padres, the most pitching talent in the league. If you are not developing that staff, get the hell out of town, man. I mean, what is this?
1: Yeah, Larry Rothschild is sixty-seven years old. I'm pretty sure he's not the one to blame for Blake Snell going only yeah yeah fair, you enough, know, fair six enough five innings and outing. I mean Blake Snell,
0: by the way, ultimate Jekyll and Hyde pitcher this year.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. He was great against the Padres his last time out, and hey, maybe he's a guy that you start in a one-game playoff. Man, we saw what know. he did in the World Series last year, but. Um, yeah, playoffs now.
0: Everyone wants to, that's what we're going to coin it this year. Playoffs now. Yeah, playoff if they make the playoffs.
1: <laughs> yeah, but uh San Diego definitely uh doing uh, some interesting falling, free falling, I guess. Um let's let's talk about the uh the the American League here cuz their wild card situation is not figured out either. It's um, insane. it's it's really insane. We had the Yankees with that number 1 seed. They're 2 games up. And then the Boston Red Sox, and right now they're the team that holds that second wild card. The Rays have the American League East, so that would mean three teams making the playoffs from the American League East, and the Yankees, who have been the best team in baseball since the uh, the All Star break. I mean, like right, like would would you expect a Yankee Red Sox wild card game, or is there something else brewing? What do you think?
0: I think that's what we're looking at right now. I mean, the Red Sox getting back Chris Sale is kind of telling of why they were kind of quieter at the deadline when it came to adding pitching. And Chris Sale's been lights out. He hasn't missed a beat since coming off Tommy John. He looks great. And I think that Red Sox staff has been sneaky good all year, whether it's Nathan Avaldi or Rodriguez. I mean, they're just, they're a fun team to watch, man. And they're a fun story, too. I mean, because it kind of looked like once they traded Mookie Betts, they were headed in the direction of rebuilding, but they have really shown up this season and put up some serious numbers.
1: And the A's have slid off a little bit and you know, I know they don't have the marquee pitcher. Frankie Montas has been pretty good. Also what
0: their best pitcher got his face blown up by a <laughs> line drive. Like it's kind of hard to win games when your best pitcher is sideline getting facial structures face structural research restructured face surgeries. Yes.
1: And our our thoughts go out to Chris Bassett, took a literal absolutely, shot absolutely. off the face. That was insane. Um is he coming back? Do we know that? I mean, he is coming back. Wild. He's on the
0: way. Uh, apparently, both of his surgeries were successful. Uh, but I don't know if the A's fan base can go through another year of watching Sean Manaya pitch in a playoff game, a one-game playoff.
1: That had an exit velocity of 100 miles an hour off the bat. Absolutely insane. That's insane. That is that is really insane. No, but uh, yeah, that that that's a great—I think the White Sox— I mean, they're up 10 games. They're... The White Sox are just so boring to me. It's like they play Ten. in what? the worst
0: division. Like, no, they're, they're going to be awesome come playoffs. But regular season White Sox baseball, it's boring. Like, who's there? They have no one to challenge them within the division. Cleveland is rebuilding. Kansas City is rebuilding. I mean, Detroit has made strides, but they're not even close. And the Twins have just been a flat-out disappointment. Like, I don't know. It's not hard to win the Central when you have that kind of lineup going against you for most of your schedule. So, I mean, we'll see what kind of team they really are. Obviously, Aloy Jimenez being back electric, Robert back electric, and, I mean, they have one of the best rotations in baseball. So it'll be interesting to see how they do come playoff time.
1: Yeah, that's a valid point um, for sure, and I do think that the White Sox could be a favorite. I think they have so much depth everywhere, especially pitching-wise. Absolutely. They're gonna be a, a force to be reckoned with, but I mean, Kimbrell
0: and Henders coming out of the pen, that's just flat out ridiculous, man.
1: And they've struggled, they've struggled, but I I still think, you know, those two guys could be a brutal, brutal nightmare for yeah. teams late in games. And I mean um, LaRusso just knows how to
0: manage a game, right? He's been there, he's won World Series, he's gonna do what, everything in his power to get them ready uh to succeed come playoff time.
1: Yeah, and I think every, you know, managing a postseason game is a lot different than managing a regular season game, so whatever criticism Larusa got in the regular season, I think it's going to be a lot different because he has managed in the postseason. And postseason baseball, it's a little different uh, than it was maybe ten years ago when he was last in it. But I still think Tony LaRussa could manage a big game, um, yeah, especially with a team like this. I mean, you give a guy like that tools. Like Larusa's La- La got tools, so he's gonna he's got Absolutely. a lot of assets that are gonna help him. And it's, it's definitely set for a, a really fun um, October. Uh, but the Yankees, I'm concerned about the, not. I'm you know, what am I trying to say here? They've been great, but I'm concerned about their pitching still. I mean, that's like a outside of Garrett Cole. I mean, I know you've had spurts of greatness of Jamison Tyone and Jordan Montgomery, but who else are you throwing the ball to?
0: I don't know. Do you think Severino comes back?
1: For the postseason, like only for, yeah. I, that's a lot. That's asking a lot. That it is really asking is. a lot,
0: but having him out of the pen would be helpful if you want someone who can eat up three innings. Uh, and I mean, Damil Hernan hit or miss, but I think he could be solid, can com- potentially come postseason. Uh, and I mean, Andrew Heaney, like, nah, I don't <laughs> know, it's very they do have a pretty mad pitching staff. Uh, I don't think Jordan Montgomery, it's Jordan Montgomery, that's the Montgomery on the end.
1: yes, correct,
0: yeah. I don't think he gets enough credit for what he's done this season. I think he's kind of a solid rotational arm, and I could totally see him starting a third game. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, so say you have to pitch to Garrett Cole in on a one game wild card, then you have to. Are you going to start him back to back to open up a division series?
1: Who knows? I don't trust Heaney at all. I think that was no. a trade that. I mean, I think he's controllable, if I'm not mistaken, which I guess makes sense. But yeah, in 26 innings across five starts 6.23 ERA and in Anaheim across 94 innings and 18 starts 5.27 so he yeah. was bad in Anaheim now he's going to a place where you know you could poke a ball the right field and it will go out and yeah. that's basically what's happened to him he's you know in, in 26 innings he's allowed uh nine homers that's almost that's like three homers a game and that's a lot that's so, pretty bad. Yeah, I mean, I don't know.
0: he <laughs> could be he could be a nice like piece to come out and eat up some innings if the Yankees struggle, but yeah, I don't know about their staff. So, I mean, they're getting the job done though, right? They're hitting, they're winning games, so like they must be doing something right. I really don't know.
1: Yeah, no, I don't know either. And um we'll, we'll switch gears here to uh a team that uh well, we'll go back to the National League and we'll go back to the National League East. And we're going to th- this is the topic that uh, is really, really interesting. The New York Mets, who have been known for their faux pas like the past. Yeah, exactly. Have been known for their faux pas and their bad play and their lack of scoring runs. And, you know, whenever something bad happens to them, we always say, hey, that's the most met thing that could ever happen. Right. And, it is. It is not as true as it is now. The New York Mets, whenever they get on base, whenever they knock in a run, whatever they do, a signal where they put their hand, where they put their fingers down. It's a thumbs down. So they they put their thumbs down when they get on base, and it's their way of booing the fans. So basically, as I'm trying to explain this in the in the easiest way possible for our listeners. Um, I, how how do I. Even explain this. I mean, basically, basically,
0: Mets fans. Mets fans like to hold their team accountable, right? They like to boo. They like to let them know when they're playing bad. And uh, I guess the Mets players are just so soft they can't take a little
1: criticism No, no, a hundred percent. And basically, uh, after the game, um, Francisco Lindor, Javier Baez, and Kevin polar were among the Mets that do the newest down... Mets. By the way, the newest Mets. The
0: newest members of the Mets are the ones complaining.
1: Yes. So Javier Baez explained it this way. He said, quote, when we don't get success, we're going to get booed. Okay. So they, and he's meaning the fans, are going to get booed when we get success. So that is an awful way, in my opinion, to go about it. This makes no sense. Um, You signed up for, I mean, obviously maybe Javier Baez didn't sign up. He got traded to New York. But when you're a professional athlete, And you have people sitting in the stands that pay to go to the games and to pay to watch success, pay to watch good baseball. They're the consumer here. They have a right. Especially a team
0: that was in first place for most of the season. And given Mm -hmm. it was probably a fraudulent first place this entire time, but, like, what are you
1: doing? The fans have the right to boo, okay? And if it affects you that much to where you mock it, that tells me that it affects you. And if it affects you, that means you have thin skin. And come October, during the biggest moments, if this team really wants to make the playoffs, and I don't think they are anymore, not because of this, but because of their horrible play, if they're in the playoffs and Javier Baez strikes out four times against, you know, a Walker Buehler, and he's getting booed, and he can't even take it in a weird game in August, and late August, how is he going to take it in October? I Absolutely. mean, seriously. I mean... I get it. It's a fun thing between them. But essentially, you're making fun of your fan base. You're making fun yeah. of the people there that are supposed to watch you and support you. And yeah, get on you when you're doing bad. But I, it's such a I wouldn't say disrespectful because they're trying. You know, I don't think it's in that light, but it definitely leaves a bad taste in Mets fans. And it gives them even more reason to boo moving forward.
0: Yeah, right. Like, oh, you're totally going to solve all your problems by attacking your own fan base. It's kind of ridiculous. And then Sandy Alterson obviously put out the uh, little memo from his organization. Is it time to label the Mets a broken franchise? Like, I think they were able to kind of hide behind the fact that uh, they had Tim Collins as their manager. It's like, Oh, baseball legend. Like, But uh, and then they had the 2015 run, but even then, like, then you go out and hire a dude who is sending creepy messages to reporters. You got Mickey Calloway, who is just a horrible person. Like, I think it's time for the Mets to kind of take a look at themselves as an organizer. Hey, what direction are we taking this in? Because clearly it is not working. You have paid for some of the best players in baseball and you still can't get it done. You have what was supposed to be the future of baseball in your pitching rotation. And they're constantly hurt. Like, yeah, I really don't know where the Mets go after this season. Like, it seems like they should have rebuilt a while back and they just didn't do it. And now they've flushed out prospects and hopes of winning right away. And, Steve Cohen, I mean, man, they are going to hate that guy.
1: Steve Cohen's going to be a tough trooper, man. He's going to be really tough on them, as he should be. When you walk in. Best Twitter of all time, though. Exactly. Best Twitter When you walk in there with a payroll like Steve Cohen, okay, so everybody's coming off 2020 with losses in the finance column, okay? Losses. Everybody's down millions of dollars. Steve Cohen buys this team. He wasn't affected by 2020. He wasn't affected by the pandemic. So he's saying, hey, I got the upper hand in this. I could rebuild a team and I could spend a lot of money. They miss out on Springer. They settle on Kevin Pillar. They miss out on Chris Bryant at the deadline. They miss out on, uh, you know, JT. They didn't really miss out on
0: Trevor Bauer, I guess, given what happened. But uh, yeah,
1: I guess they still messed out on him considering the time. I mean, they thought they should have got him. They thought they had him. They miss out on Ryu Muto. They settle on James McCann. The Mets should be done with settling. I'm sorry. Like you mentioned, I think I don't think it should be a rebuild. I think they're definitely they definitely have pieces to contend. Nimmo's good. Conforto, although he's going he's in his walk year right now. Degrom, I think you lock him up if he's healthy. Alonso's definitely a face that New York embraces. The Newgard wants
0: to stay for whatever reason, but yeah, yeah.
1: some people like New York, and there's still pieces that are there to win. But yeah whatever's happening in ownership, like it's time for a fresh face. I love Sandy Alderson. I really do. I think he's a great baseball guy. He's been in a great, he's been in great organizations. He's had a stamp on the new age of baseball as kind of a pioneer, but get out of there, get out of there. Time for yeah. a new fingerprint on the New York Mets. You think
0: Luis Rojas has done too?
1: No, I wouldn't blame him at all. Well, really actually that that's a hot take. I think yeah. he, he should be held accountable. And honestly, I don't even think he's the guy that they wanted to manage their team.
0: Oh, they wanted Carlos Beltran.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And with a new administration, you know what they like to do? They like to hire their own guys. Yep. So, you know, he's probably going to be booted if what I'm saying happens, you know, like they get a new administration and such. Um, you know, that's, yeah, that's, that, there's a dilemma in New York, there's a dilemma in Queens. And it's not going to be solved until the people in charge are holding themselves accountable. Steve Cohen, I think, really wants to get his own people in there. Um, yeah. And he and should he feel will that eventually. way. He will eventually. Yeah, I agree. It was obviously um, tough
0: with COVID and trying to do that whole hiring process, but he'll, he'll get his own people in there. And I'm... I mean, the Mets fan base, they have been through so much torture. I feel like, I don't want to say, because deserve is never a word that should be thrown around in sports, but they deserve better than this. This is ridiculous.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. And you know a a team that they should outline their success around, the St. Louis Cardinals. And we're bringing up the I'm bringing up the Cardinals for this reason. They have a guy who is basically a legacy player. They have two. Adam Wainwright's in that category too. But Yadier Molina announced his retirement over the weekend and he is saying that his future retirement. Future retirement, yep. Yeah. Uh and he's saying that 2022 will be his final final year playing baseball. Uh, He agreed to a contract extension. He will play one more year as a member of the St. Louis Cardinals as their catcher. And look, he's been there for almost 20 years. He's been there since 2004. He came up as a 21 year old, finally got the everyday gig in 2005, never looked back. He's, you know, had 10 all-star appearances, nine gold gloves, won two world series rings, has a silver slugger, four platinum glove awards. So, I mean, Yadier Molina, However you look at it, he's going to the Hall of Fame. Do you think oh, that absolutely. too?
0: Absolutely. He's yeah. been the, I don't want to say compare shortstop to catchers, but he does feel kind of Ozzy Smith-esque for these mm-hmm. Cardinal teams that have put up the championships in past years.
1: He's one of the best defensive catchers of all time. And, you know, he hit—he hits, I guess. He hits maybe not as much as you want a Hall of Fame or two. But, you know, I think catchers get held to a little bit of a different standard when it comes to offensive numbers in the Hall of Fame, and he just hit the 2,000 hit mark. Uh, he's got 168 homers, lifetime 280 hitter. I think it's definitely enough to get himself in. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, catchers. There's so there's not a lot of them in the Hall of Fame, but the reason the reason we're bringing up Yadier Molina is because it got us thinking about some of the active players in baseball right now that could be future Hall of Famers. So we split them up into different categories. Jasper, do you want to go first? What are, who are some of the guys that are playing right now that you could see on the path to Cooperstown? I mean, you can go the
0: obvious. Miguel Cabrera, Mr. 500. Uh, I think he hit that milestone last week. Playing Kershaw is a lock. Who holds? Max Scherzer, I think, is in there, especially with his World Series title and all those Cy Youngs. Mike Trout is well on his way if he can stay healthy throughout the rest of his career and finish out strong. Gonna knock on wood there for that one. Um, and I think the guy you mentioned earlier, who um, you could call fringe, but I think is more than deserving, is Adam Wainwright. I mean, he has the stats, he has the championships, maybe not the Cy Young Awards, but I mean, he pitched in an era where guys were still roiding a little bit, and uh, he's been everything the part. And I mean, he's still having success. And so I think Adam Wainwright's another lock for me.
1: Yeah, I would be a little iffy on Wainwright, but I do agree. I think Pujols and Cabrera are two of the best. Cabrera is definitely one of the best hitters of our generation. Pujols is one of the best right-handed hitters of all time. Um, Maybe the best first baseman of all time. I don't know what the modern day people think about Lou Gehrig, but Pujols is definitely up there uh, in terms of, you know, best first baseman of all time. Uh, But Robinson Cano has an interesting case. I know he has the two suspensions that hurt him. They definitely hurt Manny Ramirez, so I expect them to hurt him. Um, Kershaw, I agree with you. I think he's a lock. I think Scherzer's a lock. What, he's got three Cy Youngs now in, you know, three, in two leagues? So he's I think like he's com- quietly in. compiling
0: Cy Youngs. It's
1: impressive to see. It is impressive to see. Um, Verlander, I think, is close too. But I think you could also put Verlander in the same category as maybe a Jack Morris uh, or more of a compiler, although he did have – Yeah, but Verlander dominant. got his
0: ring. He got his ring.
1: Did he? Oh, he did. He did yeah. with the Astros. See, I still think of him as a tiger.
0: Me too. I mean, I think of him as losing, coming out. I still think of the Pablo Sandoval home run.
1: I do. Yeah, I think of the Sandoval home run. I think of some of his no hitters. I think he's definitely got the, he's got the name in the, in the, what you want out of a Hall of Famer, just the type of career he's had, not just the success on the back of the baseball card. Um, But He's definitely up there. I think Zach Granke, you might have to take a look at him. He's got an underrated case. Joey Votto is an interesting one because he's having a great year this year. People forget he won an MVP. He won an MVP, and I know that means a lot to a lot of voters, but I find myself conflicted about Joey Votto. I think he's a borderline candidate right now. Uh, we well, also think
0: he's... Buster Posey is a borderline
1: candidate. We'll get to Posey in just a second, but... I mean Votto's definitely got the new school numbers. He's got he's led the league in on base percentage like seven, eight times. I mean that's Great. incredible. That might actually be enough to be honest. He's just um, been cursed by being on the Reds. <laughs> but he's he's gotten the best hitters ballpark in base in the National League. One of them. Um, yeah, but I mean when it comes to
0: winning and the other stuff, like there's probably a couple other scenes where he easily could have won it, didn't put up the yeah. numbers to back it up.
1: Yeah, I, I think he's close. I don't know where he ranks among first baseman. Looking at Jaws right now, which is the system that baseball reference uses, if you look at the war leaders in the history of baseball at first base, Vado is fifth. Yep. So there there's there are fifteenth. Sorry, that was that was oh, a mistake. Fifteenth wow. okay, okay. in baseball. So Lou Gehrig, Pujols, Cap Anson, Jimmy Fox, Roger Connor, Jeff Bagwell, Dan Brothers, Frank Thomas, Jim Tomey, Rafael Palmero, steroids. Johnny Mize, Miguel Cabrera going in, Eddie Murray, Willie McCovey, all those guys are Hall of Fames, are Hall of Famers, except for Palmero and Cabrera, and then Joey Votto. Yeah. So Joey Votto's kind of—I I think he'll get the same treatment that Todd—that Todd Helton's getting right now, same kind of player. Yeah. Definitely, so.
0: definitely. Just no, just not on winning teams, man. That's the problem. That's always the problem.
1: Yeah, no, it would be interesting to see. And then, you know, we came up with guys maybe on the fringe, more down the road, and I would put Mookie Betts in that category, Nolan nah, Arenado. I'm not giving it to Mookie just yet. Really?
2: Really?
0: I mean, I don't know. Mookie's still pretty young. I don't think he's put up a Hall of Fame career.
2: What about Bryce Harper? He does Harper? have the MVP. That Bryce was Harper? Tough. That's so right. tough. I mean, yeah, I mean,
0: honestly, it just comes down to how crazy these voters are now. Like, you can really just never tell who they're going to put in. But I think Larry Walker, that was the big Hall of Fame induction that has really opened the door for some of these other guys.
1: No, I completely agree. And then you mentioned Posey, and I think if Molina gets in, and it, it looks likely as of now, I don't know what Buster's going to do, but it looks like Buster Posey will retire after Molina. So if Molina does get in, I think Buster Posey has a shot. Uh, getting I, think, dude, I think Buster Posey's a
0: lock. You're crazy. He's won every war award possible in Major League Baseball. He's won three World Series. He was an integral part of three World Series. Buster Posey is a part of baseball history.
1: I would like a few more years. I would like Who a wouldn't? few more years. Right? Um, he's got just over 14, 000, 1,400 hits, 156 homers. um I would like a little more because I really think those years where his hip was hurting him and he wasn't getting the power production, I think those years really hurt him, and I think he's got to make it up. I'd say at least three years of good What's his career batting average? It's 3.02. I mean, yeah. I know. I, know, I know, I know. He's a catcher who can consistently hit
0: throughout his career. How often do you see that?
1: Not very often.
0: Even Joe Mauer tapered off.
1: But is Joe Mauer a Hall of Famer? Is he getting in?
0: No, because he tapered off. Posey has not tapered off.
1: But I think Joe Mauer's numbers could be better than Buster Posey's. Okay. But as you mentioned before, Buster Posey has what Joe Mauer does not. Dak the alliance. hardware, championships. So this is the discussion that the voters are going to have to have with themselves when it comes Hall of Fame time, uh, for sure. Who are your Who are your guys that you know maybe? coming up soon would be Hall of Famers. I think Juan I'd, Soto, too. My fringe
0: guy right now is Jose Altuve.
1: Okay, yeah.
0: I mean, we'll see how baseball writers didn't. – we'll see if the Astros get uh, their punishment in other ways, and I think getting blocked out of the Hall of Fame is going to be one of them. So I think Jose Altuve, he is going to have that scandal hanging over his head, and it's hung over the head of – I mean, even, like, lighter scandals, even like that's a conversation for another day, but No, I think Jose Altuve he definitely has the stats, he's got the hardware, but uh, I don't know how baseball writers are going to view him come ballot time.
1: I think his hit total is going to be up there. Uh, I think his Absolutely. hit total is really going to be up there. I mean, we look at guys that just simply don't rack up 200 hits anymore a year, and Altuve has done it. One, two, three, four times, and he's got almost two thousand hits, and he's thirty one years old um, yeah. He's not as mobile and quick as he once was, but I think he's definitely a guy who's gonna be trouble with the bat moving forward still um, absolutely for sure, so yeah, those are you know some of the guys that we think for Hall of fame um let us know again at the end of the show, maybe we'll have some time for some knocks, so if. Uh, you're listening on No Filter Network. Go ahead and hit that knock button, and uh, we'll let you up near the end of the show. We have a few more things to get to before we do that, though, however. Um, there's an issue here right now with people not going to the ballpark. Uh, the Giants are the best team in baseball, have been the best team in baseball, and they're routinely racking up 30,000 people, 20,000 people, high 20,000s, low 30,000s. And San Francisco is, you know, a very, very, you know, they've been very on top of what's going on with COVID-19. And that is the reason why a lot of attendance is down around the league. Uh, a lot of people are still concerned about that. We've seen it in New York. We've seen it here in San Francisco. Parking is through the roof. I mean, when when you're paying double for parking, in, you know, compared to what you're paying for a ticket, that's a problem. Then you have the evergreen thing with the food prices. That's a problem. Jasper, why do you think people aren't going to games?
0: I think you brought up a really interesting point there with parking. I mean, you see football, you see basketball, those arenas have possibly acres of parking lot available. San Francisco, you got to struggle to find parking Yankee stadium. I mean, I didn't see a ton of parking when I visited there my one time. Uh, I, could, I mean, the list could go on those stadiums that aren't connected to the football arenas and the basketball arenas in cities, they're struggling to like find, I mean, it's just money. It's through the roof. I don't, I really don't know what to say. I mean, but for the Giants, I feel like there's no excuse, right? Cause they had that sellout streak. And I mean, I think it's just the overall trend we're seeing in baseball where less and less people are watching. And I don't know. I think you need to lower prices, get a little more valuable pricing going on and just, if you go back to enjoying a day at the ballpark, I think that has kind of been lost a lot in baseball.
1: Yeah, maybe you do have to lower the prices of tickets. Maybe you do have to more, do more deals because at the end of the day, I think the priority, yes, should be making money. But I think if you get quality instead of quantity, I think you're, you're set for a better playing atmosphere, better experience. And when the place is filled up and when there's a vibe there, when the place is filled up, It's memorable. And that means people are going to want to come back, you know, and that's right. what matters. That's what baseball should be focusing on getting fans to the ballpark and getting them wanting to come back. And that's, that's super important to me. And I do think COVID's a big part of it. I do think Absolutely. people are still on, une- you know, uneasy about going there, not wearing masks, um, sitting close to people, you know, walking right by people ordering food. You know, it's, all of it is is a concern for a lot of people. And I think that's, one of the reasons, um, you know, one of the reasons why. Um, so we have a call we're going to get to in just a second, but we're going to bring up one more thing. Uh, actually let's get to Steven right now. Let's Steven Luker is going to call in here. Uh, he's got something to say, and then we're going to get into one last thing. Um, as we're going to wait for Steven to come up here. This is the cool thing about no filter network. This is our debut here. And, uh, we're going to get a chance to have a conversation with, one of our listeners here. And it uh, looks like Steven is not here anymore. So I don't know huh. if we lost Steven or what. Um I had to let him up, but he's not here anymore. But yeah, but that's one of the cool features we have. Let's get into uh, what we're gonna do here with Bleach Report publishing an article. So, you know, if if you're really interested in, in journalism, there's Steven right there. How are you doing, is. Steven? Hello,
2: how are you guys? Pretty we're good, doing man.
1: Well, how about you?
2: Pretty good. Just trying to put something on my TV to watch.
1: Awesome. So, what's Sounds on your good. mind today?
2: Um, just, just sports in general. You know, with how we kind of understand, we're getting towards the end of baseball season into the playoffs. You know, type, you know, all that stuff going on. Are you That's keeping cool. up
1: with any of the pennant
2: races? I'm noticing some of the races are pretty interesting. Like the NL West is like insane. With you got three like a good battle going there. And then I'm also looking at, you know, how the draft is going to be playing off. Like right now, let's say season was ending. We would have Arizona picking first, Texas uh, second. Yeah, Texas. No wait, Baltimore first, Arizona second, and Texas third. So those will be our top three draft picks. And which of those teams do you
0: think rebuilds the fastest?
2: I feel honestly, if we look at it perspective-wise, probably. Let's see, Baltimore can rebuild quick, but can they go after big players? But they lost. They they had one of their highest-paid players. You know, Chris Davis retired, who turned into, he hit so many home runs, and then he bust. Like, what happened there?
0: Right, right. Yeah, sharp decline. Yeah, but also again that pay that off your payroll ought to be a relief.
2: Yeah, but yeah. I feel Texas could rebuild. They're in their second third. They will be going next season into the third year of their new stadium.
1: Yeah, you know I thought that they would want to bring a winning culture to that stadium, uh, right away. I think they felt that, but I think. Based on the way they've been playing, I think they're realizing that it's going to take a little longer. But I think when the Rangers have good teams under John Daniels, they really have good teams. I mean, they're really built well, uh, you know, by John Daniels and company. Now Chris Young's taken over as the GM. Um, So that's definitely an organization to look at. But it's funny, Stephen, that you bring up uh, the the draft. Um, It's because I I don't think any of us have really thought about that. Jasper, have you thought about that at all?
0: I mean, I did read about, a, I read about it in Ken Rosenthal's article with The Athletic talking about how you got to kind of get rid of tanking. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know about the draft. I think – I mean, I'm a Rockies fan, so obviously I always hope for the best. But we'll probably just draft another young outfielder and
2: focus on that. I really don't know.
1: Sam Hilliard. Sam Hilliard.
2: <laughs> so the funny thing is with the draft, like I have – I had a friend from high school. He was drafted 14th round this year to St. Louis. Oh wow! Surprising, and I told him, "Let me know whenever," and he will say he will hook me up with tickets. I'm like, "Thanks."
1: (laughs) Yeah, hey, let us know. We could have him on the show.
2: I will. I'll definitely let him. You let him know. Hey, there's a show. You guys, you can talk about your experience. Everything.
0: Yeah, Yeah, but I think the aspect of the draft having less rounds now is also intriguing because you are going to see undrafted free agents become something in baseball, which I think could be really interesting.
2: And we got that little play in that rookie, like that. Pro ball league, you know, that cut those short season teams into those smaller that league.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. So five, five rounds in 2020. Uh, now, what, 20 rounds now? I think they've they've changed it to 20 rounds. I think that's about right. Yeah. the Angels
2: went all pitchers that 20 rounds this year.
1: They did. Well, they
2: need it, man. They need it.
1: Yeah. 20, pit, 20 pitchers is, is something that uh, is not a bad thing at all, especially for nope. them. Yeah, de- yeah, it's definitely. So is there anything else, Stephen, that you want to mention? Because we're going to get into, uh, uh, we're going to react to Bleach Report's biggest trades of the 2021 22 offseason. Um, I appreciate you calling up here, Stephen. Yeah.
2: yeah, if you guys ever need any baseball talk and shows and stuff, go to tune in like Tuesday, Wednesday nights at 6pm Pacific. Eric Burns puts on a show with Will Clark, Will the Thrill, so if you guys are interested in that, you guys can tune into those. And then myself, I'm content creator as well, so I make baseball shows and anything that's interesting with baseball.
1: That's Absolutely. fantastic, man. That's great. Well, I appreciate you joining us. Uh, I yep. appreciate you watching and, and listening, and uh, we'll be sure to tune in. Uh, thanks for dropping your plug. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely talk soon, man.
2: Yep.
0: Sounds good. We're going, Stephen.
1: All right, that's Steven joining us with some really good insight i didn't even think about the draft to be honest Crazy, yep. i have not thought about it at all and he brought up a really good point uh about teams that are going to really benefit um especially those teams that have big free agents like i think the orioles could get a draft pick for trey mancini maybe i mean that could help uh, them i, I think mean, they're
0: trying to bring Trey mancini in long term so we'll see how that goes but uh yeah teams like the rockies too who are probably losing trevor store at the end of this season and conversation pick there will be really key for them to get back on the right track
1: yeah no doubt so let's react to the uh these trades that bleacher report proposed and again if you're looking for good baseball writing i don't think you're going to find it at bleacher report but they definitely do most
0: writing at bleacher report is not very good but they do love their rankings so let's get into them
1: yeah but that's why we're that's why we're here so josh bell to milwaukee we know josh bell the switch hitting first baseman from the Washington Nationals and he survived their fire their fire sale uh, somehow, some way he did not get moved. Um, Maybe they find a a suitor for him this winter. He's controlled through 2022. uh, And they're saying that he's going to go to the Milwaukee Brewers who, you know, maybe have a need at first base and they're a smaller market team that can't afford Freddie Freeman Rizzo. What do you think about this one? I don't know. I
0: think, Carlos Santana has Milwaukee written all over him. Free agency period. <laughs> he, does.
1: he does. What about so
0: I don't know if belt? Milwaukee really wants to shell out anything. In belt and Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I could definitely see it. He may pack on a few more pounds here in cheese curds, but uh, I think it could definitely be a little marriage there.
1: Yeah. He no, did have no his doubt. multi-home
0: run game at uh, Miller Park. So he
1: did. He did. That was right when he came off the IL. Um. Yeah, no, I think they do need a mainstay. If Bell is a cheap option, then I you know, why not? Yeah. Uh the next one here is Mitch Haniger, Bay Area guy, uh from the Seattle Mariners to the Chicago White Sox. So the White Sox have some outfielders, Laris Robert. Um they've tried with Andrew Vaughn out there, LA Jimenez. But maybe getting Mitch Haniger you, you know could be a big piece controlled through twenty twenty two. Um, he's in the way kind of of one of their top prospects, Julio Rodriguez, and he's definitely possibly gonna get traded. So what do you think about uh Mitch Haniger to the Chicago White Sox?
0: The White Sox just don't strike me as a team that's gonna overload on position. So I think if you see them make a move, they're gonna kinda go similar to like an Adam Meeting guy, Kevin Pilar, I think that's their direction they're heading in the outfield. Some guy who can even Albert Almora, some guy who can feel a little bit, uh, maybe not be the best hitter, but can definitely play on some off days when Mendez and Robert need it.
1: Yeah, and they haven't gotten any production out of right field um, for sure. So, yeah, that's interesting. Here's one. Sonny Gray to the San Francisco Giants. Giants, we know they have a fascination with former Cincinnati Red pitchers. They have Gosman, Disclafani, Wood, and Cueto all on their staff, who all pitched for the Reds at one point, and they're all heading to free agency. So Sonny Gray is going to be on the market possibly this offseason, or will he, now that the Reds are kind of good?
0: I don't know. I mean, as I said, we didn't say Bleach Report had the best writing, so (laughs) this move kind of strikes me as a reach, as do most of these on here, but I don't know. What are your thoughts, Steve? You're the guy who covers the Giants.
1: Yeah, I mean, he'd have to be healthy. I think he'd have to be healthy, and not just be healthy, but he'd have to show that he's healthy. Um He's got 10.2 million for next year on the salary in the books. Giants have some money freed up. I don't know, man. It's going to be interesting to see what they do there. But Logan Webb's the only guy right now that they have penciled in. Um, I don't know what they're going to do with their rotation next year. That's a concern for me for this team. Uh, no doubt about it. Um, the next one here is the uh Wilson Contreras from the Chicago Cubs to the Houston Astros. Is that something that we could see? I know the Cubs I thought everybody would be on the table at the deadline, but I guess it's a little bit harder trading a catcher. Um, but, I mean, it's hard to find a good one. Contreras is pretty good. He's controllable through 2022. Maybe they keep him, hold on to him. Houston has only gotten a 602 OPS from their catching position. What do you think?
0: I'm I'm not buying the Cubs are rebuilding, so I think they're going to be big players. Really? Playing. No, I'm definitely all in on the conspiracy that the Cubs are just reloading the farm system a little bit, and they're going to be huge players in free agency. I mean, they're definitely going to have to address pitching first and foremost, but I don't know. I think there's rumors of Trevor Storyland in there. Javi Baez has already said he's open to coming back. Chris Bryant might be another guy who I wouldn't be surprised if he comes back. Rizzo. Rizzo, too. I mean, the way they talk about Chicago and romanticize Chicago – I think it's going to be a team, like, after they won that World Series, I don't think they're going to have any problem really signing players.
1: I think those bridges are burned a little bit. Definitely. Um, there is a little but, there, but I don't know. Yeah, I you think do have they're a definitely being I mean, big spenders. I mean, I think it depends on what the Yankees think about Anthony Rizzo. And, you know, it, is Anthony Rizzo going to go to a team like Milwaukee opposed to a team like Chicago? I mean, yeah. I don't know. I mean, Even they do have
0: whiny-ass Luke Voigt behind Rizzo.
1: Luke Voigt should get traded. He should be on here. Cattell yeah. um, Marte to the Phillies. This is an interesting one. And I really like this one, actually, because I think Cattell Marte is super underrated. And I think the Phillies just have a missing. They're move missing something. Yeah. Move him somewhere. Move him the second, maybe. They're missing something. And I think he's possibly. A... He's 27. He's only 27. I think he's going to get a lot back for Arizona, so they're going to be happy. Um, but, you know, I definitely think he could be a great top-of-the-bat lineup for this team. Yeah, no, I
0: think I like it a lot. I mean, that there's so much uncertainty on the Philadelphia infield right now. Like, is Alec Bohm the guy? And I think they'll obviously give him a couple more years to develop. But, I mean, hey, Didi has not worked out up to this point. Got Kangry, another guy who's underperformed. And I mean, as much as I love Brad Miller as a utility player, he is not the long-term answer there in second base or shortstop.
1: No doubt. I think he's a great bench bat. And I would say this about Cattell Marte. He's making 8.4 next year. That's really good. But he also has a team option for the next two years. So 2023, 2024, 2023, he's got an $8 million option. And 2024, he's got a $10 million option. So he's going to cost a lot. He's going to cost quite a bit for this team. Uh, No doubt about it. But hey, Um, if the
0: power comes back, he's worth every cent.
1: Yeah, and the only reason he wasn't traded was because he was hurt. He had a hamstring injury. Um, Two more trades here to get to. Josh Donaldson to the New York Mets. Uh, J.D. Davis has been playing third base for them. You know, I guess you kind of want another guy there. Donaldson uh, was signed through 2023 um, to the Twins. And then, you know, obviously... I don't know if that's working out. He's been hurt. Um, there's some high-priced talent and decisions coming the twins, uh, twins' way. I thought he might have gotten traded, but I think that this is a... Is there an opening for Josh Donaldson? Do they really want him more than J.D. Davis? I guess Davis could be moved to the outfield if Conforto leaves. But yeah. it's kind of interesting, though, with with, uh, with Donaldson. I
0: don't know. I mean... I, I can't really get a read on Josh Donaldson because I haven't heard about him because the Twins have been so abysmal. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess it makes sense. As I said, this is just not the greatest writing. I mean, I'm not a big Bleacher Report guy. This is kind of a reach here. I don't know. I don't. I really don't know what the Twins do with Josh Donaldson. Or I if feel the like Mets I'm doing wanna... this.
1: I'm doing this just to piss you off, and I'm Dude, loving oh every, I'm loving every second of this.
0: Oh, the face like. So you'll hear this in podcast form, sadly, but the facial expressions I've been making throughout this entire segment have just been utter disgust. But yeah, final Josh one, Johnson, shall we? <laughs> final one. This is the worst one by far.
1: Matt Chapman to the New York
2: Yankees. The oh A's my God!
1: Who are contenders? The A's are contenders. So if anything, they're going to extend him, and if I guess that should happen soon if they're going to do it. But Matt Chapman, who's been red hot since early August and it looks like he's finally back from his hip injury. Really like Gio Urshela who, you know, looked to be the part past few years, I guess he's not the part anymore. So
0: God, I also just... have like Miguel Duhar who's kind of still there. He needs a, he needs a fresh start for sure, but like this is just utter bullshit. I don't so know. So first what I could doing. picture
1: him though in a Yankee uniform. Oh, okay, absolutely.
0: You? I could too. Yeah. I mean, what he already has the clean-shaven look.
1: He's bald. And, uh, <laughs> he's bald. <laughs> uh, oh,
0: man, God. going right. She's coming out shooting. Uh, yeah, I mean, w- what is this? What is this trade? The a's, Yeah. I mean, it is. it would be classic A style to get a really good third baseman. They did it with Josh Donaldson, just trade him. But they want Matt Chapman there long term. Nolan Arenado Jr., as some people refer to him. I mean, he's finally starting to hit. There's just been so much Matt Chapman slander all year. And it's just wow. Uh, I, I really yeah. don't know what to make of this. I don't even know yeah, if this I, great I is mean going I to thought
1: mind. Chapman was younger. I'm looking at it now, he's twenty eight. Yeah. Um, and the A's would get a lot back. Um, yeah. and I mean I don't know what they're gonna do after this year in terms of regression. They do have a lot of veterans on their team, so I don't know, I guess. Yeah, we'll but Matt look, is
0: still young, Lorano's still young, Loriano's still young. What they do with Starling Marte will be interesting because he's clearly played a very prominent role on this. But uh, the A's just, they constantly have guys. So, like, listen, they are one of the most well-run franchises and farm systems in baseball. So I, I think even if they're down, they're never down for that long. So, yeah, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I don't know either. This was definitely an interesting segment. Um, we'll do more of them because I like looking at Jasper's despair face. It's great. <laughs> um and it's it's definitely a lot of fun and this episode was a lot of fun this was our debut on the no filter network jasper i don't know about you but i think it went well
0: oh man i had a lot of fun this
1: was awesome yeah this was great uh love the call-in feature thanks Stephen, for calling in uh, our debut on no filter opinions uh, no filter opinions no filter network um tune in because we have some more stuff coming obviously we do banter shows every now and then but our, our main source of notoriety is we get guests on and we talk baseball with them, we talk about their careers, we talk about some of the headlines happening, and we take great pride in our guests. And we have two coming up um tomorrow at three uh no, sorry, at a uh, four PM Central Time, uh South Dakota time, which is giving you a hint, we will have wait for it, Little League Legend, who threw over six hundred Uh, pitches in the little league world series and gave up one hit gavin weir from team south dakota in the little league world series incredible left-handed pitcher will be joining us i believe his dad might be joining us too so stay tuned for the next episode of that it will be up on our youtube channel our spotify channel soon as well we never really give sneak peeks for future episodes we like the surprise element but now with no filter Uh, We do get to have the opportunity to share our future plans more. And also Marissa Gonzalez, who writes for Sports Rants and is definitely going to be an entertaining, uh, you know, listen as well. She'll be coming on on Thursday and we'll have that one up uh, on our channels as well coming up soon. Thank you guys for listening. You guys could follow us on Twitter at RizzoCast. Subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, here on No Filter, subscribe to us. Tip us whatever suits your need. (laughs) We were asking for that. (laughs) Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for joining us and have a great day. See you next time.